and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Tracy Jewell, I am so excited to have you as a She's the Boss Chats guest. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. I'm so excited, Jules. I love a good chat. <laughs> well, off we go. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you what what are you doing now? What's your business these days? So my background is marketing. And right. since my little stint on reality TV, I moved into mental health, uh, which has become a real passion of mine. And I think as all entrepreneurs, we love to connect all the dots and all our passions. And I've just launched a new business uh, with a conglomerate of, I think, everything that I've learned throughout my life so far. So I've managed to you know, turn my interests and passions and hobbies into an actual business. So what's it called? Tell us all. So I love self-care. And since reality TV, you know, and I developed anxiety for the first time in my life. I'm not surprised. Yeah. (laughs) I have to say, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I think anyone (laughs) that comes off one of those shows experiences some kind of, you know, anxiety. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, Um, it doesn't look like a very kind process, I have to say. Yes, 100%. But the blessings that come out of that is a deeper understanding of people that experience mental health issues and concerns. And I learned a lot and went and studied and and did a diploma in mental health. And what I found is there's a lot of awareness out there, but not enough activities where you can just be in your own kind of self-care space. So I created a business called Bar Therapy. Where we make bar therapy, B A R therapy, like B A T H E R A P. So oh, bath, because I was going to go therapy. bar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, <laughs> close, close. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's good to have a, a glass of wine in the bath sometimes, right? Well, I was going right? to say yes. It drives you to drink when things aren't great, anyway. hundred <laughs> percent. Nothing wrong with a glass of wine in the bath. No. But yeah, um, we came up with the concept because sometimes. Uh, you know, seeing a counsellor or a psychologist isn't accessible to people. No. And it's the everyday little routines that we do that can really have those therapeutic benefits to our right. life. It's not the every now and again holiday or the once in a you know couple of months massage that makes the difference. It's the everyday routines. Right. So as mums, we're taking the bath back from our yep. children. Right. <laughs> and we're, we've created a way where you can make your own candles with aromatherapy, essential oils, bath bombs, shower steamers, soaps, and create a bathscaping ritual from them. Oh, I love it. That is really unusual and niche. I just think it's fabulous. So the next question has to be, and for anybody that doesn't know you or hasn't read a magazine, they might not be aware of what reality show you were on. But let's um, let's talk about what I guess one of the questions that I would like to ask is, was there a light bulb moment? And I'm guessing <laughs> that your experience might have been that. But in your own words, tell us, why did you decide to set it up in the first place? What happened that made you want to do this? Yeah, so, I mean, the show was Married at First Sight, which I know a lot of people here love the show. Obsessed and it's with, I'm sure. Obsessed <laughs> with. And, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's 
you know, all over the world, right? It's one of those shows yeah. like Survivor and The Bachelor that everyone and knows. And in fact, didn't it take off in the UK, particularly Australian Married at First Sight took off over the lockdown and they've all become obsessed with you as well. Yes, it's huge in Europe, the UK, the US. Um, I think it's aired in 12 countries or something. And wow. I think people are just obsessed with watching other people's relationships yeah, and what goes on behind closed doors. Because um, it's a very intimate thing to do um, and go it through. It is. You're very brave. Can I just say extremely <laughs> brave for having done it. Or crazy. <laughs> or crazy. <laughs> but, but you don't know that till you come out the other end of it. So how did that then um, lead to you starting up this business? Well, it's funny how life works, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with playing with oils and crystals and, you know, ah, learning. So this has come yeah. full circle. It, it, I, I think a lot of these things in business are. Yeah. Like, I think you go back in times of stress and in times where, you know, like after reality TV and anxiety, you kind of come back to the things that self-soothe that you did you know, growing up. Do you know what I mean? And I do. that was a hundred percent for me. So because I didn't really want to go out in the public and I wanted to like just be with myself and, and take some time out, I really went back to the things that brought me a lot of happiness and joy as a teenager. And that was pottering around and trying different lotions and potions. And yeah. I fell back in love with, with making products because of the mindfulness benefits and the aromatherapy and filling my bathtub full of, you know, all kinds of flowers and oils and salts. And Fantastic. Then, yeah, I, you know, like it's just good fun, right? It's your and thing. I think it, Yeah, and I think, you know, when you become a mum, your bathroom isn't your own. It's full of kids' toys and mm -hmm. bubble bath and their, their toys. And they just take over not only like our whole house and their room, but our bathroom as well. So what's left for us? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but but I'm really interested to know that you, how and why you decided to make the leap from marketing into doing this, and what made you think it was a business rather than just a hobby. Well, this is the thing, right? And this is no disrespect to anyone, so I'm going to disclaim it, but. When you have craft people that are really great at making beautiful products, yeah. when you don't have a marketing background, it's really hard to convert your hobby and something that you're really great at making into a business. It's 100%. There are so things. many people who start a business and don't understand that the business has a business side to it as well. You know, it's not 100%. just creating your beautiful things, but you've got to find customers. Absolutely. And people aren't going to come knocking at your door just because you make something amazing to find it. You need to, yeah. you need to understand that your business has its own energy and its own brand and it's separate to you and you need to go out and hustle. Um, That's right. And, and you need to have a marketing budget. Um, and because of my marketing background, I felt like there was a real opportunity to create something different in a space where there's heaps of soaps, right? Like there's heaps of candles out there. There's heaps of workshops on how to make all this stuff. But yeah. what I found was missing was that marketability that um, – I could really make something that was more of a brand and a story behind the products that I think is a great opportunity for anyone listening and loves their craft. That's the missing piece to business, right? Is you've got to have yeah, the absolutely. story. So are you taking these products um, from small artisan 
makers and promoting it. Is that a big part of what it is that you're going to be doing to help them make extra sales as well? Yeah, we're women supporting women, right? Oh, so, God, I love this, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all about women supporting women. All our staff, um, you know, come from either disadvantaged backgrounds or have been out of work for quite a while um, as oh, an opportunity beautiful. for them to learn a new skill. Um, and they're such beautiful souls. I'm, I'm so blessed with the staff we have. And, I mean, this is the thing. Multiple income streams is where, is where it's at. Um you know, we have a retail component of our business where we yeah. sell all the wares that we make that other small businesses make because we, we support small business. And right. then we have the workshop service perspective. So no matter what happens with COVID, with fluctuations of what mm-hmm. people want, multiple income streams means if the retail sales are down one week, we have our workshops and services to offer. If right. people aren't coming to the workshops, we can sell our retail products. So I think it's really important when going into business, you're not just reliant on one income stream and really diversify your offerings. That is very, very good advice. And of course, really works when you're entrepreneurial, which you obviously are, <laughs> um, so that you do that. So it, it, what a beautiful model. I love the sound of it. And we might have to have a chat. Maybe there's something we can do with She's the Boss and these products, because it sounds amazing. So Let's take this opportunity to help everybody and me know a little bit more about you. So can we go back to, oh, well, actually, no, before we do any of that, my brain goes all over the place. When you were talking about the workshops, are they online so that anyone around the country can do them? Yeah. So, you know, this is the beautiful thing. Like, you know, I know a lot of people are doing it tough with COVID, right? And especially in the Eastern States, Mm -hmm. which has just hit us in Perth now, we've got for the first time in two years, thousands of cases a day, which is new for us. It's but freak, I get, it's, it freaks you out at first, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I get, you know, a lot of people are, are still struggling with restrictions and, and getting back to our new normal. But the beautiful blessing that comes of that is things like this, Jules, where we now Zoom. Yep. We're used to <laughs> Zooming. So now all our workshops are virtual. We can right. Zoom. We can send people their kits to make all their products in the mail. And yep. then zoom and show you how to make them. So I love the adaptability and flexibility that COVID have given us that we just didn't do two years ago. I know. I ab- absolutely agree. And certainly having had an online business now, teaching people PR for the last 15 years, um, I just love it that everything's gone online now. So now we will get back to the question. So where did you grow up? What kind of size family did you have? What did your mum and dad do? We'll start there. So, yeah, I'm a Perth girl through and through. Right. Um, I love Perth. I've, I've travelled a lot, um, but Perth, I just think, is such a beautiful place to grow up as a kid and to be a mum with kids, for, for kids. Um, oh my, I have, do you know, I've never been to Perth. Well, I'm ashamed to, to say I have to get over there. I will um, show Michelle you around. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Okay, so you grew up in Perth. Big family or small family? So I'm adopted. So okay. I, I was adopted as a baby to two beautiful parents that just, I just grew up feeling the love and feeling wanted. Um, oh, that which is, is so gorgeous. And just you? Were there any, any other uh, kids adopted? I have adopted? an adopted brother. Yep, fantastic. So we're adopted from different families. And yep. I have to say, you know, adoption comes with a lot of questions and identity, but... I grew up knew that I knowing that I was wanted, um, and that they chose me to 
to adoption. I love which that. Was beautiful. You know, my my first cousins are both adopted because oh, my aunt them. couldn't have children, and they told them from the beginning as well. And it's always just been such a beautiful, I would say, extra close relationship because you do actually have to go out and and choose children that you want to bring into your family. So it's great. So grew up in a, obviously a happy family. What did mum and dad do? So my dad uh, is was an architect. Um, okay. Of get this, this is hilarious. So his career was building a prison and the zoo. And I said, Dad, you've made a whole career of putting animals and people in cages. cages. Like, what is that? (laughs) Okay, so he was an architect. And your mum, did she work or look after you guys? Um, But then, you know, when we we grew up, she always has loved, you know, admin and bookkeeping and all that stuff. And she's, what, 78 now, and she still works part-time doing bookkeeping. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? So you always saw that they loved their jobs as well, which is really important. So... um, did you enjoy school? What what was school like for you? Let's say I high school. I was a school. nerd. Yeah, I was a nerd. <laughs> <Were you? laughs> um, I loved English. I loved, I didn't like maths and science. And I think it's funny when you're always told on your school reports that you have potential. And yes. if you put your mind to something, you'll do really well. But if I wasn't interested, you couldn't get me interested, right? I was just yeah. like, I'm out. I'm so, either in or out. Yes, I was a black or white child. I think I still am a bit of a black and white person. <laughs> um, so that was definitely uh, my education was I did really well when I wanted to. And if I wasn't interested, <laughs> like, forget it. Well, it doesn't matter. It shows when you put your mind to it, it works. And again, very typical of entrepreneurs that we either focus, you know, hyper-focus on things or, or don't really care about them. So did you go through to year 12? I did. And then I went to university. I pretty much knew, and this is rare, I know these days, who knows at the age of 17 what you want to do. What but they want to be. I, I knew marketing was like my jam. I mean, I remember Why? when I was my daughter's age now, 12 years old, where I made my own local newspaper with advertising and I tried to sell advertising in a pretend newspaper <laughs> to just my neighbourhood and my local tennis club and wow. tried to sell advertising in my pretend newspaper and use my dad's photocopier at work <laughs> to print copies of my newspaper. Like, wow. it was just uh, something that always I gravitated to. I just loved it. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you've done the marketing degree. What was the first job after you finished? Or what did you do when you finished? Did you go straight into work? Yeah. So I was really lucky that I picked up a part-time job in marketing with a, a someone that is still my dear friend today, um, who was my boss. And we've remained very close ever since. Oh, I since. love that. And I kind of just fell into digital marketing now, showing my age now. Um, This was back in the year 2000, 2001, where, you know, those kind of internet bubbles were starting to explode. So I was lucky to get one of the only digital jobs of of a new up-and-coming website, which is now owned by Channel 9. It's it's huge now. It's called Virtual Medical Centre. I was lucky to land a really forward-thinking job where I could really learn very early on all about websites and SEO wow. and, well, and all that jazz. Well, was it a startup when you joined them, Tracy? Yeah, it was a startup oh, so when I joined them. you've done that startup journey as your first job. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how long did you last there? I was there pretty much for all of uni. Um, and then I went into an education space. So while I was at uni, I fell in love with Tony Robbins 
like a lot of <laughs> right, people. Okay. If you've ever been to one of his events, uh, they're kind of addictive. Uh, the environment he creates. Very high energy. One of the She's the Boss members is JJ Ferrari, who used to be his GM. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she lives in Sydney now. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's cool. Well, I've been going for 20 years now uh, to right. Tony Robbins events and um, I love them. I, I, I've been doing them online and in COVID, but personal development, I really started to find a love for. So again, I managed to find a job that was about education and building wealth for people and, and motivation and, and goal setting with Who marketing. Who was it with? Who were you working with, uh, Tony it was Robbins? Called a, I was called Aspire Education. Okay. So and, they ran and- programs to help people goal set and plan, you know, their wealth <laughs> goals and, and things like that. Oh, wow. And so, and your role there was marketing again? Yeah, I was the marketing coordinator. You love that marketing. Yeah. And so how long did you stay with them for? I was there for four years um, and decided, uh-huh. yeah, I was there uh, for four years and then decided to start my own business. And Well, talk also, to me about that yeah. as well. So what, what made you want to go out on your own rather than just keeping getting new jobs? What, what was the, or, although I'm guessing there is that entrepreneurial streak in you anyway, <laughs> but what made you go out on your own and how old were you at that stage? I was 26, about to turn 27, and I thought I had a little bit, you know, of money saved, and I felt like now's the time to take risks. I think when you don't have kids or a mortgage or any of those big life things to look after and it's just yourself, I just felt like it was a good time where I wasn't really attached to the outcome, and I think that's a really unique place to be in because a lot of us you know, start a business, but we have so much energy attachment to us. Like we have to make this work. I know it becomes an extension of yourself. And if it fails, then I'm a failure, which is, you know, not really the spirit of it at all. It should be like, as you say, you give it a go. You haven't got much to lose. Worst thing that's happened is you're going to have to go and look for a job if it doesn't work. And that's my mindset, right? That really, really was my mindset where I'm like, I'm going to give this two years. So I gave myself a timeline, a budget. I had enough money to live on, you know, even though it was two-minute noodles. Did you have a client to start off with? Was was that part of the decision that somebody said, if you go out on your own, I'll I'll come with you? Yeah, like I definitely had uh, a network where I felt comfortable enough that I could start. Um, Right. You know, I joined a BNI to, you know, get the networking. Networking is important. Yes, because it's isolating, right? When you start your own business, oh, yes. you go you go from a workplace of I had you know forty people around me every day to just me motivating myself. It's hard, um, isn't it? That's yeah. really the reason I set up She's the Boss Group in the first place. Is um, was because of Friday lunches. Because when I worked in newspapers, we used to go out and have a boozy Friday lunch at the end of the week. And I thought, if we work on our own as women, we haven't got anyone to go and do that celebrating with. Absolutely, and. A lesson learnt for, for consequent businesses is to join the networking in the ideation phase when you're starting to want to pitch and yep. catch ideas. Great idea, yeah. Um, because I kind of left it a little bit late and it I would have learnt a lot quicker if I had surrounded myself with some networking before I started the business, not after. Um, ah, so that was a big, a big lesson because I think 
in those you know initial planning phases i think it's really amazing to be in a supportive community where you can discuss brands and colors and names and price points and strategy and you know it's invaluable how much you can learn um in those early days And and i think it goes right the way through because when you're established um, and particularly if you're, if you're a leader or you're on stages and you're speaking, it becomes very hard to talk with your own community about issues you're having with, you know, the business that they're all part of. So, um, you know, I think all the way through, if you can have that support network, but I agree with you. And I know when I first set up my PR agency a million years ago, um, the women and the, and the guys that I met in those days are still friends now. And we're all maybe on our third business, but we're still all mates and supporting each other, which is so important. So, um, so tell me about the first couple of years of running your own business. How did it all go? Uh, it was, you know, it was ups and downs being my first business out of the gate, there's nothing like just getting in there and doing it because that's how you learn, right? Absolutely, yep. And from going from, you know, workplaces, uni to my own business, that was the biggest growth and learning curve. I learned so much in those those few years that uni and, and working for someone else just couldn't teach me. And no, but was, I do yeah. think it's – but I do think it's just and, – and, I mean, this is just conversation, but I do – I'm watching my son now who's 21 who's going, I don't need to go to uni or anything because he's doing digital design and, you know, and I know how to do it and I'm going, but going and working for somebody else, you'll see how things are run, you'll see how people organise meetings, how to write reports. There's a whole lot of stuff you do get if you've had a job before you go out on your own as well which is really useful. A hundred percent. And, you know, you fail forward by working with other people because you don't have the risk and you can watch how things evolve and learn so much from that too. But there is some things that working for someone else, you you just can't get that life experience. So it's kind of, you're right, it's a double-edged sword between the two. Well, you need a bit of both, don't you? Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think it's great. So you've had that business now for 12 years or something. Is that what it said on your LinkedIn profile? Yeah. So I've been I've been doing this for, yeah, this marketing strategist um, freelancer uh, role for 12 years. And then I've managed to dabble in side businesses that kind of became like, you know, a little bit of multiple stream income side hustles. Well, so, so what were they? Tell me about some of the other ones. Obviously, we know about the bath one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to know, did you have some other ones as well in the earlier years? Yeah, so I I started, because again, aromatherapy and all that, when I first had my daughter as a side thing, I created um, aromatherapy for kids. And, and this is what's, what's funny about self-belief. So um, they were called Little Scents. Right. Little sense. I sold them in my local farmers markets and, and local markets and they did so well, right? They were always sold out. Um, right. And, you know, I wasn't interested or, or really a big thinker, which I am now. Like I love to think big now and then scale back. Back then it was like I was just happy in my little market bubble with no website, you and no nothing. thousands of other women. I mean, one of the things that I'm always saying is think big, think global. You don't have to just have enough to just pay the school fees or take you on a holiday. Yes, and, and that was a big lesson because back then that was it for me. Right. And I missed opportunities. I remember someone from Friendly's Chemist um, 
coming and, and loving the products and wanting to stock me in, in all the friendliest chemists in Perth, which would have been about 12, 12 chemists. Wow. And I completely dismissed it. I just didn't follow up. Right. And I look back at that and it's funny how like those big poignant moments where I could have really made that into like a price a brand. line brand. Yeah. Um, and then look at Little Innocence today. Pretty I much know. what <laughs> well, I did. as soon as you said that. <laughs> like I did Little Sense, you know, 12 years ago before Little Innocence today. And it was pretty much the same stuff. Um, yeah. And look at how big the market is for baby and children aromatherapy today. Um, and you know what? It, it was, you know, you learn, but it's because I had such narrow vision. I only saw myself as a market business. And so you just, it just didn't even occur to you to go out into retail. Have no. you done any other ones like that? Uh, not like that, but this bar therapy one, I feel like I have that big vision. Yeah, I feel good. like we have, and this is the thing, we've created it with the end in mind rather than creating it small and then we'll build as we go. We've actually developed all the systems with a with a big vision well and end in mind and then we've scaled it So it's all automated so that if 10,000 people want to come and buy, it's done. They Correct. can do it. That's great. That's great. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I hope it absolutely takes off. Watch this um, space. <laughs> Yep, it will. I'm sure it will with you behind it. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you just a few other little questions. One of them I know you've got a good answer for because you've already told us that you're still friends with her years later. But are there any women that have helped you in your career to get to where you are now that you'd like to tell us a little story about them or oh, what they've amazing. done to help you? Um, I mean, this this lady that I've, 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 you know, worked with in my first job, Janine, you know, very entrepreneurial, you know, has always been such a support. And every time we catch up and, you know, between all our kids, I've got two kids, she's got three and, you know, you ebb and flow through life. But every single time we catch up, it's always positive. It's always no idea is a bad idea. Great. It's honest, it's transparent, it's supportive. And I just don't think we have enough females championing us you know, no. in our corner, right? Well, that's what I'm hoping to change because I think that hopefully, certainly post-pandemic, women realise that if we all support each other, we can all raise to get, we can all rise together. And my favourite little motto that I keep spouting is: be that person that'll mention someone else's name in a room full of opportunities. And just oh, by lifting that. up other people, you know, it, it sort of really helps. Well, Janine sounds amazing. Any Anyone else sort of stand out in your career or it's I mean, lots of little bits? That, you know, there's there's lots of amazing women along the way and some I've never met that I've just done their courses online or read their right. books. Like Marie Folio, I did her B-School uh, back, what, 10, 10 years ago when she started B-School? And yeah. I so much so I flew to New York um, to attend one of her live events and, wow. the and the networking there of the international women that I met at that event, you know, I've still stayed in touch with. And again, it's finding, and, and this is the thing, especially if you live, you know, in, in, a, in a place like Perth or, or a smaller <laughs> town or city, sometimes your tribe, you're just, it doesn't have to be where you live. No. You know? And Beautifully said. There's, you know, there's connections that can happen worldwide. Uh, 
with, so if you can't find your like-minded tribe where you live, look online because there's so many Facebook groups and there's so many support communities that are your type of people that, that are out there. That is terrific advice. And I certainly reach out to women all over the world. And then you do a Zoom with them. In fact, I was talking to someone in um, Detroit this morning. <coughs> and it just feels like they, I mean, they could be in Perth. They could actually be in Melbourne somewhere around the corner. It's just so lovely that it's kind of, you know, leveled the playing field a bit, I think. Yeah. Zoom. And, and I think one thing, you know, that comes up when you do connect with a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that are doing big things I have a dear friend in Texas, um, Nicole, and she landed, she's incredible, she landed like a TV, her own talk show in, wow. in America, which is just incredible. And I think like we love when amazing things happen with our friends, but if we're honest, there's a little thing inside us sometimes that go, oh shit, what am I doing with my life? Like if she's doing this, who Makes am me I? feel small or, rather make, than big, yes. yeah. And I think like... It's important to acknowledge like that feeling and it's okay to feel that and doesn't take away for the fact we're so I happy I for our friends. I constantly say to people how jealous I am of what they're doing. <laughs> but I think if you own that, it yeah. takes away like that ickiness. That's right. And then, and then you can be supportive of them um, from, a, from a, a safer space, I guess. And I think there's, there's too much of that competition with women, you know what I mean? Um, yep. Where we're not supportive. Well, I want to stop it, but yes, yeah. I agree. It's, I mean, you know, it's about having a mindset of abundance and understanding that there's plenty of work out there for all of us. Certainly, I have a DIY PR business, Handle Your Own PR, and over the last, I mean, I've had it for 13 years, but over the last five, 10, eight years, all these other businesses pop up. One that even called itself, I do my own PR. And I was like, mm, I wonder where you got that name from. But I just reach out to all of them and go, what can we do together? How can I help you? And, and I think that, and, and I really believe in that. I really believe that, you know, if you do that, you make friends of your enemies. I mean, there's another way of looking at it. You know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. But they're not really enemies. They're, they're just people I want to support. And by growing... And the other thing I've always thought is that if somebody copies you, it's a validation of what you're doing and it grows that the awareness of that sector. So, um, yeah. A whole lot of things. Great. Okay. So now... I was, uh, well, I'll ask you, I don't know whether you've already told me about pivotal moments, but one, and I hate that word, I I've got to change it, but um, have there been moments in your business where, other than the ones you've told us about, where you've thought, oh my God, this could be a disaster, I don't know what I'm going to do, and then you look back on it and go, wow, even though that happened and I thought it was the end of the world, now I look at it and I wouldn't have done X or Y and, you know, that's been a, a big benefit. Have you had any moments like that? Yeah, I mean... I think more so there's been a lot of hardships in my life, like personally, like divorce. Um, yeah. I went through with a client um, a sexual harassment situation. Um, you know, I've gone through some, some hard things uh, yeah. that have not been easy and I could have used those as my excuses not to show up in my business and just gone, Bali's, I'm out. Yeah. And instead I pivoted it. And that's why I guess they're pivotal moments because I yeah. decided, you know what? This is actually going to fuel me to do better because I'm not going to let this guy or this person take away something that I'm creating because I'm giving them all my power if I do that. And oh, my it's God, you're like, amazing. But it's like that hustle in me, right, that I don't want them to win. And like in the sexual harassment case, 
it it it, it could have crushed me you know my self-worth did he hire me because of the way I looked or because I'm really good at my job like it really messes with and for women that Your have head, been in yeah. those situations which is a lot uh, you know the statistics are crazy and, and Brittany Higgins is doing amazing work but yeah, she is. I think in those pivotal moments I think you can change those hardships into fuel to make you want to grow and expand and do even better and that's what I chose to do. Oh, I love your attitude. You are, you know, and I've just realised uh, we're, we're coming close to the end, but I actually haven't asked you one pivotal moment for you, which was, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but what was it that made you decide to do Married at First Sight? Um, Married at First Sight was something that wasn't on my radar. I was asked to do it, actually. I didn't apply. Right. And... Life is sometimes all about experience, right? And taking adventures, yeah. And, Doing and something taking different. adventures. And when something lands on, on your, your doorstep, you're going to probably regret more times than, than not, not doing it than doing it. And I just thought, I'm single, you know, let's give this a go. You know, I, I didn't really think I'd find the love of my life, which I didn't. But I right. thought something amazing is going to come out of this. And, and a lot has. Yeah, brilliant. And I, I guess what I was I was thinking you were going to say something about marketing, because with that marketing background, of course, it definitely gave you a platform and raised your profile to be able to do what you want to do with it. With, Absolutely. With that. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Now, work-life balance for somebody <laughs> who I'm guessing, like you, is a bit into that sort of spiritual side. You're probably balancing it well, but I don't know. And you've got young kids. So um, what sort of hours are you working? How are you avoiding burnout? So this is the, this is the tricky, especially when you have a baby. So my baby's 11 months old and oh gosh, I, right. I didn't really take any time off. Although I worked a lot less in his first six months, I didn't not work right. but I think it's about boundaries and making it work for you and not being told or dictated to others when you're available so I just set very clear boundaries and I still do like Tuesdays and Fridays are my my Frankie days my son right so I'm not on email don't expect a response I'm not going to pick up my right. phone I'm spending that quality time with him and I think if you're clear about your boundaries yep people People can't get upset with that. So, I, I totally yeah. agree. And and I think that if you make them, people get used to them. They don't even question it. You know, yeah. like it, it's only your own head that sort of plays around with it. And then evenings and weekends, are they work free times normally? Or are you cramming in time because you're spending time with the kids during the day? Yeah. So again, I'm happy, you know, in the evenings when the kids are in bed and, and my hubby goes to bed early, that's my creative time. That's when I'm, you know, playing around having with ideas bath. and yeah, <laughs> having a bath with a glass of wine. So I don't have any hard and fast rules around that, but I do have the rules around, you know, child time on my, my days off. Yeah, great. I love it that you've made those boundaries. I did the same thing and, and it just makes no difference to anyone else, really. It's funny how we beat ourselves up and think, oh my God, people will think if I'm not open nine to five every day, what, you know, what will happen? And of course, we're much more flexible than that, especially if you're a target market and the people you're working with are women and particularly if they're mums, they completely get it. Yes. Um, so... Last but not least, second last but not least, is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? And it can be literally anything. <laughs> oh, um, I'm, I'm quite a dag, I have to say. Um, <laughs> it's funny with my staff, 
you know, when you become a new mum again, because I have a 12 year old and a baby, uh, I sing in nursery rhymes and I don't even realise it these days. So, for example, <laughs> when I'm explaining how to make bath bombs, I'll give you an example. This is embarrassing. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I was singing like the, the Goldilocks, you know, the, the small size, the large size and the perfect size when discussing bath bombs, like I'm talking about Goldilocks and the three bears. And I, you know, it's fun and I, I try and make things fun and a little bit quirky, but I do catch my myself going what's what am I doing <laughs> oh no you sound absolutely delightful <laughs> okay and the very last question is really nothing to do with careers it's just because I love my phone and I like asking other people if they've got great apps I don't know of so do you Ooh. use your phone for business at all Oh, I, I do. I mean, my my phone is full of apps. But you know what? Yes, like same. everyone else right now, I'm addicted to Wordle. I, oh, yes. I absolutely love Wordle, doing my Wordle thing with my cup of co- coffee every morning. It's I, my I literally jam. just started it about three days ago. So that's the fun one. What about for business? Do you use any particular apps for business that are a bit clever or different? Yeah, so um, I use like a goal-setting app. Um, and it has like some mindfulness techniques and things like that. So it's run by Pep Talk Her, which is like a gender gap. Um, you know, I love Pep Talk Her for anyone that has okay, a Okay, I've got to go and have a look at Pep business. Talk Her. Yeah, and they have an amazing app where it's all about asking for pay rises, self-worth, charging what you're worth, and it has like daily inspo tips around wealth and abundance, as well as tracking your own, you know, wealth goals and things like that so I love the community that that provides and just that that check-in just to you know keep on tracking your money goals I am definitely going to have a look at it. Well, Tracy, I don't even know how to thank you. What a great woman you are and what a fabulous conversation. If anybody would like to have, um, you know, to get in touch with you, I guess around the bath or around the marketing or, you know, for whatever reason, what's the best way to do that? I love a good DM chat like this chat, Jules. So hit hit me up because I I love connecting with women and doing partnerships and, and collab work. So hit me up on Tracy. Julify on Instagram. You can just look up yep. Tracy Jewel on Instagram and send me a DM. I'd love to meet you. Great. And are you on any of the other platforms? Just I only ask because I'm never on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah. are you LinkedIn, Facebook? Facebook? Yeah, Tracy Jewel. Oh, so for Therapy, the website is bartherapy.com.au. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jules. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.